0: Welcome back. This is Prospects Worldwide. Thanks for tuning in once more. You know what we're doing. We're breaking down the wild 2020 MLB draft division by division. We've covered half the draft so far, knocking out the AL East, NL East, and AL Central, scouting each one of their standout draft picks. Now we go to the NL Central, where it's anyone's division to win for the next few years. Today, I'm your host, John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide. I am glad to say after one long episode off, the family is back together. I'm joined by the entire crew once again. And as always, first up, the owner of Prospects Worldwide, the Viceroy of Velo, Jake Tillinghast. Jake, how's it going, man? Not too bad. How are you? Doing well. How's that nickname?
1: Another one another day.
0: (laughs) I got a whole list of them now, man. That's all I did yesterday. (laughs) I just just made a list. I got 76 of them. Like I said, the whole crew is back. So that means I've got Zach Wild Thing Silverman. And Chris wasn't here last week to get a nickname. Clegg, how are y'all doing today?
2: We're good. Are we sticking with Wild Thing? Is that my my uh, fifth grade nickname coming back?
0: Hey, it's it stuck last time. You shouldn't have worn those glasses.
3: <laughs> What's my nickname?
0: Uh, that's what this podcast is about, Chris.
3: Figuring that We're out. We're actually
0: not talking about the NL Central. <laughs> We're talking about your nickname. No, we are talking about the NL Central. We'll figure out your nickname later. And I'd actually love to continue chatting but last time we went a little long, and the NL Central is loaded with picks. So I want to thread the needle today. I want you to give me all the information you can about these prospects, but you get extra points for expedience. So we've got about 30 newcomers to the division. Let's get to know them now, starting with the Pirates, selecting Nick Gonzalez. So he's a bat-first infielder who's going to live and die with his offense. He's probably going to land at second. I don't know where he lands on the defensive spectrum. Zach, tell me about Nick Gonzalez. Does he have a defensive spot? Does it matter?
2: The answer is yes and no. He has a spot. It'll be second base. Maybe the outfield doesn't really matter because the kid absolutely rakes, and if you can hit, he'll find a spot for you. And I don't think there's anybody currently on the Pirates that is standing in his way in terms of
0: anything in terms of playing time. So no Adam Frazier? It doesn't matter that Frazier's their three-hole? No. No does not okay
1: yeah i mean nick gonzalez is really good he's got lightning quick hands that play honestly probably some of the best in the class um he played in a week conference so some people have some skeptical um let on going on him going forward but i mean honestly i really like to pick me and even, i think back in the first episode me and uh chris were talking about you were looking at the orioles looking at him to take him at number two but obviously they didn't and they went with Kirstad. but yeah like he really produces a lot of power from the right side he played in the hitter's box, obviously, in New Mexico State, obviously, like I said, against some weak conferences. But I would be a little weary about the power going forward just for the fact that he plays in a, such a weak park for right handed hitting. But other than that, I really like the profile offensively. And um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I love the hit tool here. Could grow into some power there. Seen a lot of comps to like Keston Hura, which is really intriguing. That would be probably like a high end comp. But man, I love the floor. It's very high floor. Great hit tool. Love the pick here. Personally,
2: I'm going to have to say, I think Gonzalez is better than Heston Kurstad. I absolutely love this bat. He was he has been playing in a weaker conference at altitude, but if you look at the numbers since since the start of his sophomore year, he's hitting 435 with 28 home runs and an on-base percentage way over 500. You don't do that by accident, but just to prove it, he went to the Cape Cod League and won the MVP there against mm-hmm. real pitching again, real pitching in a real park. So I have absolutely no doubts about Gonzalez's bat. Just watching him hit is just kind of a thing of beauty. The way he tracks pitches out of the hand, the way he executes on every single swing, he sees the pitch up, he sees the pitch down, he sees the breaking ball, he sees everything, and he knows exactly what he wants to do with it. It, It's just a thing of beauty to watch him execute every single at-bat. It's a line drive bat that also produces power just because he finds the barrel so often. He's kind of a smaller guy, but just with the way he he generates so much power explosiveness and so much torque out of his right-handed swing even though he's a smaller guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he had 20 or more home runs a year. I absolutely love this pick and I think Pirates fans too. I think he could be every bit as good as Austin Martin.
0: So, you mentioned the Cape stats. I'm looking at them right now. His slash line's 350 450 630. He goes back to New Mexico State for the senior year, Granted short season whatever. 450 610 1200. <laughs> absolutely. It's a he has a, a 1765 ops. The guy is a a hitting machine.
2: My video games would be jealous of those numbers. That he <laughs> hit he hit five home runs in one day and a doubleheader. Or he like hit twelve home runs in sixteen games. It's it's insane. But the bat's absolutely for real. This, this kid's fantastic. This is a twenty to twenty five home run bat,
0: high on base percentage guy. So the bat will play. So so let's move to the mound. Next up with the 31st overall pick, the Pirates select Carmen Majinski. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. There's a lot of extra consonants in there, but I'm pretty sure it's Majinski. He's got a huge arsenal, probably five pitches. But statistically, his stuff didn't really blow me away. College career of eight strikeouts to four walks. Eh. Is he going to be able to manipulate his pitch sequencing or whatever he needs to do to be effective in the bigs?
2: I think so. I think this is a pretty safe bet. Um, I wouldn't put too much into those those numbers of South Carolina just because, I mean, his first year he was a freshman, so that's a uh, freshman in the SEC. I'd kind of discount that. As a sophomore, he like broke his foot pretty early into the season, so he didn't really get to pitch as a sophomore either. But he went out onto the Cape, and he was absolutely dominant on the Cape. 43 strikeouts, 5 walks, 34.1 innings, ERA below 2. Um, And what he did out there is he was sitting kind of in the low to mid 90s. He was getting up into the upper 90s, actually. And he was showing potential for like three plus secondary pitches with a a slider that he can kind of morph more into a cutter, a curveball, a changeup, and everything was looking really sharp. And then he came back out in the spring and everything looked, everything that had 60 and 65 grades now had 50 50 and 55 grades. Um, The fastball was still up there. He was still kind of low to mid 90s with that fastball, but... His breaking balls looked more good. Like he's, he's got that slider. He can morph it into a cutter. But it, it was it was good. It wasn't they weren't it wasn't swinging this stuff, and he wasn't missing a lot of bats. So that's probably where he settles into going forward. He's probably this kind of number three, number four starter, a ground ball guy who can eat up innings. I think I think he does. Even when he was kind of down this spring, he had the feel to
3: still pitch effectively. But so I think I see him as a number three, number four starter. As a Gamecock fan, I've watched him a good bit. And so, like you said, I think it's a good floor pick. I think he's been above average in college, but not super impressive. The value really got ballooned, I think, from pretty impressive Cape League. Put up really good stats there. But he's got a lot to like. Honestly, expect him to go a little earlier in the draft, um, in the, about the 20s. So the Pirates got a good pick there. I uh, like what he has to offer. Like you said, I think not looking at like – High end upside, but maybe like a three or four starter. So definitely good potential there.
1: Yeah, I agree with the potential. He's definitely looking like a three or four starter potential, maybe even a fifth. But he's got potential for three above average pitches, and he's a sinker baller. Not going to really blow people away, but he's got some good stuff, good pitchability, um, command. A little bit of command issues, but he's working through them. But got some natural like deception in his delivery. Kind of throws a little, a little across his body, makes it kind of tough on right-handers. But I'm a big fan of the pick. Like I said, uh, Pyro's got a good pick here.
0: So. Chris, real quick, as a South Carolina fan, am I pronouncing that right? Majinski?
3: Yeah, Carmen Majinski. It's All weird. right. It looks really weird, but uh, somehow you pronounce it that way. Still don't know how.
0: That's fair. Well, let's move from college to high school. Uh, that's where the Pirates went next. They selected California pitcher Jared Jones. In, in terms of stuff and analytics, it, his slider is 2,700-plus you know, RPM. He seems to have that advanced, spin, uh, that advanced high spin rate on multiple pitches. Does he have a higher ceiling than even Majinski?
1: I would say a higher ceiling just due to his, him being the prep. He's got some more room to kind of grow. Majinski, like I said, he's kind of grown into the – we all kind of said he's kind of grown into that three, four, maybe fifth starter role because he's not really too overpowering. But Jones has overpowering stuff. Like you said, I don't have the spin rate numbers on him, but he's got some really electric stuff. Everything is really high, high velocities. Started working the curve a little more during the – um Quarantine, It was looking pretty nice um, in his bullpen. He's got started posting a little bit more, and it looked a lot more crisp. It was a little loopy and more or less just kind of like just one of those get-me-overs, stay off my high-velocity high, uh, high velocity stuff. Has even his change up, he's throwing the high 80s. But he's got really good arm action and a really good break on his pitches. Fastball is up to 95-97, touches 99. He's just kid's he's just an athlete, honestly. Like I'm bummed the, so the shutdown happened. I was going to get out to a game. Uh, I forgot who they were playing it's in a few months, but... The first week of shutdown, I was going to get out to a game to see him pitch um, at La Mirada. It's just about 45 minutes up the road for me. So I was really sad to see him, but unfortunately, it never obviously, obviously happened. But the kid's got a ton of talent. I'm big on him. There is some um, high leverage or high um, effort in his delivery. Some people have concerns of him being in the open in the long run. But I think there's enough athleticism here and kind of pitchability. And he works hard enough to kind of iron stuff out. So I have a lot of faith in him.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting di- dichotomy there between the arm strength and the athleticism, and then the fact that he's also six one with a relatively high effort delivery. So it's kind of, you have a lot of starter traits and then a lot of reliever red flags. So it'll be interesting to see him go forward. But I think you hit the nail on the head with just really explosive stuff is what you're buying.
0: So, okay, I, I can get down with that. That's a, that's a solid, solid high-end pitcher. I like that. Now, the next guy is a really interesting story. Chris, I'll let you touch on this. Uh, We're talking about Nick Garcia, 6'4 righty. He doesn't allow any home runs. He strikes out six guys for every one walk. Is this like a lack of competition thing? He's from D3 Chapman University. Or or is he a true player?
3: Yeah, he he looks the part uh, for sure. Like you said, I don't think he got the looks that a lot of the higher-end college players did because he was a D3 guy from Chapman. I mean, he blew away the competition. Then again, there's the questions, was it because low-end competition? I don't think so. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, Dan O'Dowd actually compared him to John Smoltz. That's pretty lofty. <laughs> I think he's first-round talent, honestly, and so they got a good pick here. He's got three pitches that have a chance to be above average to plus in the fastball, cutter and slider. Uh, the fastball, pretty good heat, hits 97, uh, sits around mid-90s. It's got a, a nice slider that's in the mid-80s, and the cutter sits about 86 to 88. Uh, the command is spotty. But he's a great athlete, and I really think with moving into the system and getting better coaching, he should really improve with time just because of what he's shown and that athletic ability that he has. A lot to like there. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember this
2: guy's really new to pitching. He only started pitching as a sophomore and he only started pitching and he only started starting as a junior and already, I mean, he's, as you said, he's got those three above average to plus pitches and he can already kind of move between his slider, which has more depth to it and his cutter, which is, you know, a harder pitch that, um, a little tougher to square up. He doesn't have much of a changeup, but again, he's new to pitching and the command is already starting to improve. As you said, it's still below average, but Everything is trending in the right direction, and I think if this guy either had a full season or if he pitched for a for a more well known program, I think we'd be talking about a much much higher pick here. I think the Pirates are getting really good value at uh at Garcia.
0: Yeah, that that's always the tough thought process is, are these stats legit or are they just fake against you know little league comp? If you are able to decipher the true guy through those D three ranks, you get yourself a gem that no one else sees
3: yeah
1: absolutely and again like like zach touched on he's really new to pitching so you're not getting one of these guys with x man innings on his arm he's only pitched about a year and a half two years so and even this year he didn't really get a full year and so he's just been kind of bullpens and stuff so you got a really fresh arm and like they touched on i think there's a lot of talent here there's a lot of a lot of stuff to like in the fastball the cutter the slider and just give him some more time to work in the system and some gets get some pro coaching and i think he can he can turn out to a decent
2: pitcher yeah i don't think the stats even matter i mean just look forget the stats look at the stuff the stuff is there absolutely
0: yeah that's fair now now the next pirate i'm particularly fond of because he played his college career right down the road for me at app state uh he doesn't even need to change his laundry he keeps his old college colors and everything becoming a pirate it's another pitcher jack hartman he's got a great high spin cutter and a developing slider looks to me like a great combo to profile as a bullpen arm are y'all seeing the same thing
1: yeah, honestly, when you said he didn't have to do his laundry, I, I had a and you said he was you were right down the road from I kinda of thought you were gonna do his own laundry or something like that. But <laughs> Oh I'm I would sure I would like wanted that. To... <laughs> But um yeah, like you said, I think he's a reliever for sure. Um I think it's definitely a project to kind of work through for the pirates with this one for sure. There's a lot of swing and misses, but <clears throat> his rush his uh a bit rushed, his arm tends to lag a little bit. It's got a lot of talent in there, but the command is just not there right now. It's got a lot of stuff to iron out, but there's some talent. If the Pirates can iron that out, he'll have a career. If not, you're looking on just kind of organizational depth here, in my opinion.
0: So taking the pitchers, keep on going with the Pirates. They keep doing it. Move it to the final pick, they select Logan Hoffman, another small school, this time Northwestern State in Louisiana. So again, I might doubt the competition, but the results are clear. Uh, short season, he had 105 batters faced, zero earned runs. He did allow a home run after a two-out error, uh, but the results still, they don't lie, unless do they?
2: I think there's some legitimacy to it. I don't think this guy's a future ace or anything. So he's a smaller guy at 5'10", but he commands his stuff really well. And, and that tends to be huge on, on the college circuit, especially in these like, mid-major conferences. Hoffman, Hoffman sits kind of 90-91 with his fastball. Uh, he's got a good curve that he can locate and his ability to kind of mix those two pitches along with a, a changeup. Have helped him big time at a Northwestern State, and before that at a Colby Community College out in Kansas. He actually did pitch on the Cape Cod League. He was solid there. He was a reliever at a 3.54 ERA, 27 to eight strikeout to walk ratio. So he was he was solid there in relief. I think if you're going to keep him in the starting rotation, the stuff might be a little light. Yeah, he's probably a number five, like number four, number five at best. You think the hope is, especially since he's only 5'10", you might want to just kind of move him to the bullpen, let his stuff tick up a little bit, and become a fastball curveball guy that he can locate. The good news is he's actually he's pretty young for the class. He doesn't turn 21 until November, so he's really the age of a sophomore. So that's an upside. That's, that's a plus there.
0: Okay. Well, I, I like the young guy. Uh, that should always be that s- the small advantage to help him develop a little bit. So, so let's call it on the Pirates draft. A, a ton of pitching potential which, you know, the Pirates have needed in recent years. So let's move across the border into the Buckeye State. The Cincinnati Reds had the 12th pick selecting Austin Hendrick, prep outfielder from, of course, back in Pirates country, West Allegheny High School, just outside of Pittsburgh. People are going to fall in love with his power and speed and defense, but he, he does have a lot of swing and miss. He's got a really aggressive swing. It is fun to watch, but is it going to be effective?
1: I definitely think it'll be effective. Like, obviously, there is definitely some concerns. He's been working a lot on those concerns with his lower half. There's a ton of moving parts. Um, over the last just year, he's made a lot of strides in it. There's just a lot of like coiling. Or, I mean, the coiling is not bad, but it's just a lot of like moving parts with his legs, his knees, his his hands, just really everything. But like I said, the last year or so, he's been kind of cleaning it up helping kind of help that hit tool a little bit that's really the problem the power always going to the be there this guy's got some of the best bat speed on the, on the prep class like i said nick engelsis probably has one of the best in the in the entire draft but hendrix right up there with him and on the prep circuit he's probably one of the best it's pretty fun to watch and his, his swing is literally just geared to try to drive the ball in the gap try to pull the ball deep and see what he can do but yeah I, the hit tool i probably have around settling around a 40 if he can improve those uh and that improve that movement probably looking at maybe a 45 at best but I don't think it'll really probably get there. Probably set it only on a 40, but he has good power. It's probably going to be 60, potential 70 power, but it's probably going to set it around 60 as well. He'll have good OBP numbers. He's going to strike out, but the OBP will offset it. There's, like I said, there's a lot some hand movement to get rid of, but it's worked and in that ballpark. Left-handed power plays really well.
2: Yeah, I think we're definitely talking about some of the best bat speed in the class, as Jake mentioned. He generates his power. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he generates his power just from ridiculous bat speed from the left side. He just explodes on the ball, and it's really natural as well. Um, the hit tool, I, th- I have hope for his hit tool. I think he's going to hit in pro ball, I think he's going to hit in the major leagues. He might not hit three hundred, but I think his swing is quick enough. He, he's a mature enough hitter that I think he'll be able to tap that power consistently. Um, I, I like the pick too. I think we're looking at a thirty-plus home run bat with you know solid on base percentages, which absolutely plays. And I think this is one of the few guys where the shut, shutdown was actually good for him, because he was playing up against the Pittsburgh area high school competition, which isn't that great. He'd already established himself, so there was really only nowhere to go for him but down. So the the shutdown was really good for Hendrick, and this is this is a this is a special bat, at least in terms of that ferocious bat speed.
3: Yeah, I think he hits enough to tap into that power. I mean, the power's going to play in that ballpark so well. I mean, he's going to mash balls out of the park. There are concerns about the hit tool, but I think he, he hits enough. I mean, to be an average hitter, probably in the big leagues, you all you guys hit on a a ton of great things, not much else to say, but I do like the pick. I do like the power and especially how it will play in great American ballpark.
0: So you you guys are high on Hendrick, probably rightfully. So maybe the hits going to come around, but everything else is there. So, What do you think about the next guy, pitcher Christian Roa? He doesn't seem to wow me. Decent stuff, not electric, but all of his pitches seem to be developing well enough. Maybe like a high floor guy, Tanner Burns, maybe?
1: Yeah, I I think he's definitely a decent little pitcher. He's got a four-pitch mix, easy repeatable delivery, consistently finds the arm slot and release point. His fastball touches is 96, persistent about 92, 94. Um, Doesn't have a ton of movement, but gets a little bit of arm center onto it. The curveball ball is more of a downer with 11 to 5 action. It's more, a decent little pitch. It's not his best in my opinion, but I, I, I like the changeup a lot. I think it's a good little pitch for him. Probably his best, considering the fastball doesn't get a ton of movement. The changeup really nice for him gets his fastball playing up a little bit. Um, the sliders, probably his least effective pitch. It's like a low he's offering. It's just not too great. It's more just used against the righties to kind of give them something else to look at. I think he has a good chance to sit as another third or fourth starter. About getting it by the third time through the order is stuff for play, but after that, he doesn't have like like I said enough stuff to kind of blow people away, but he's got enough that's kind of sit in the middle end of the rotation and have success.
2: I think instead of Tanner Burns, I'd compare him to Kate Cavalli. I think we're talking another guy where that's the much better. I think I think we're talking another guy where the uh, the whole is kind of less than the sum of the parts at this point. In that he hasn't had great results in college, um, but I mean the stuff is there. He's got you know above average stuff across the board especially if that slider comes along it's and he also throws strikes so it's kind of interesting to see how his stuff has played down in college despite you know he's got swing and miss stuff I mean not like not blow you away but you know he's got swing and miss stuff and you got a full arsenal he throws strikes but I think the command is kind of a question here the control is ahead of the commands you want him to hit his spots a little bit better there's not too much deception kind of like Cavalli so you you might want to have him. Uh, Tinker with some like some two seamers or something to kind of keep hitters off balance, but again, as I said with Cavalli, you're buying the future product, you're not buying the right now, and you're not you're not buying what he's done in the past. And he hasn't been great at Texas A&M, but he has looked great. So the hope is that the Reds can then put that up, put that all together for him.
1: Yeah, like you said, he can locate through those pitch three of his four pitches, and the only one is not being that slider. So I think that's where he kind of has his success. And then, like you said, I think he just located over command right now. If you can kind of touch and fix on that, he has, he has a lot of potential.
0: Okay, well, we'll see how he develops. Uh, the Reds move on next to the, uh, another prep bat, but this time from behind the plate. Jackson Miller from the Tampa area. Uh, I know high schoolers are hard to scout, but this kid has scouting reports that range from 50-hit 35 power to 40-hit 55 power. And those are vastly different profiles. What do we have with Miller? Good athlete in defense as a high school catcher, that seems risky.
2: So high school catchers are always risky. And I think it, there's always going to be a little bit of dichotomy in the, uh, in the scouting reports, especially with the high school hitters, but high school catchers are always risky. And I personally don't like them for that reason. I like to avoid them in the top, you know, 50 to 70 picks. It, they scare me a little bit, but I'm, going to flip the scripts. I'm actually a fan of Miller. Uh, I really like this kid. I think he's the most well-rounded high school catcher in the class. He's a better defender than Tyler Soderstrom and Kevin Parada. He's a better hitter than Drew Romo. He doesn't have any wow tools, but it's a kid with a really nice kind of baseline of ability all across the board. He's got a really nice loose swing from the left side. He's got some loft, and I think you can project some power into there as well. Uh, He taps it a little bit now. I think he's going to Tap more as he fills out and as he gets stronger, because I think the swing is conducive to power. But he makes consistent contact as well. It's not—he's not like a plus hitter or anything. I think it's more of a fifty-hit tool. He makes the consistent contact to be able to tap that power later down the line. Defensively, again, it's a pretty smooth operation back there. Could use a little refinement around the edges, but he—he he looks like a natural. And a lot of scouts thought this was the kind of guy that, here it's the broken record, with a full season, he could continue to trend up. But I think this guy's especially where one that one where that was the case. And being a left-handed hitter, I think, helps him as well. I don't know. I just like this guy. I get a good feeling about him. I think he's going to hit. I think he's going to be like a solid all-around player at the Major League level, which for a catcher is really hard to find.
1: Okay. Yeah, Miller's, Miller's fun. He's athletic. Like I said, I think he has a better chance to get catcher than Stoddardstrom. I don't even... Honestly, know how long Soda strom will stick there. They'll get my shot, but he's definitely getting better off off of there. But yeah, Miller's fun. He's like you said, a lot of a lot of stuff to like with him. The power is like you said, still growing into it. He doesn't really show a ton of pull power right now. His extension's a little lacking, which it can be fixed. It's not nothing, not fixable. His lower half could get a little more into it. Um, it could grow into about a fifty, maybe a fifty-five power if he's if he really works on it, but. He's more just like a little hit, hit over power right now, which is totally fine. I like the profile overall. I definitely think he'll stick a catcher. It's not going to be any gold glove type of catcher, but definitely has a chance to stick there. And Yeah, really athletic again. I like to, I like to pick a lot. Athletic catchers are always fun. They're always risky, as uh, Zach touched on out of the high school ranks, but if they have that athleticism, they always got a shot.
0: That's interesting. We, we finally have a high school catcher that we... Like that's you know it's something that we've we've had this conversation before. We don't like them before, so that's good. We'll see how he develops as well. But I do want to move on to the next pick: the red select pitcher Bryce Bonin out of Texas Tech, ninety-seven mile an hour fastball with a plus slider, and I'm pretty sure that's it. It seems like we have another bullpen arm because these two pitch guys always seem to fall to the pin Is there more, Jake? Yeah, I mean
1: he's not bad. He he's he's interesting kind of case. He transferred from Arkansas because they wanted to convert him to a reliever, and he. Just wasn't having it. He told them, all right, I'm leaving for Texas Tech, and I'm going to go be a starter. So he did. And here we are. He got drafted as a starter. They're going to give him a shot. But he has a crossfire delivery. Um, Gives him a lot of good deception with his pitches. But he's rather inconsistent when he was in the rotation. He might be more of a bullpen arm, but they're going to give him a shot. His fastball is 93, 95. Reaches about 97. Like I said, good deception and horizontal run on it. Uh, The slider, in my opinion, is the best pitch. Grades at about a 55, pushing 60 grades. Uh, Comes about 84, 86. Pairs it with his fastball really well. Tunnels it pretty decently. Um, the curveball is his third pitch. It's a bit loopy at times, but grades about a 40. And he's got a, a fourth pitch as well, change changeup, which I would give him about a 40 grade too. But it's nothing to really be too excited about. It's more just like just his third four pitches. It's, it's really just a fa- fastball uh, slider, which just has an extra few pitches on the side. But like I said, he's got a chance to stick with those uh, four-pitch mix if he can kind of refine one of them at least to get about the league average and he'll have a shot.
2: Yeah, I think on the surface, Bonnen looks like a reliever. I mean, you've got that crossfire delivery. He comes from way out towards third base um, with his release point. uh, The fastball uh, fastball and the slider, they both kind of come diagonally across the plate because of that wide arm angle. But I mean, it's a good power fastball, loaded mid-90s up to 97. Really great slider, especially from that arm angle. It just kind of dives across the plate. So he looks like a reliever just on the surface because the command is mediocre at best uh he hasn't had great results texas tech put him in the rotation like he asked and then he hasn't been good in the rotation i think the reds run 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 him out as a starter and they should just because it's it's a special arm it's a really loose really kind of fluid arm even if he doesn't execute all that well at times but i think eventually he probably will fall back to the bullpen just because he struggles to throw strikes uh a a big time but it's a really exciting arm and i could see him doing really good things in the bullpen just as that fastball slider guy
0: well, I hope he does start because I, I'd be the first to say I was wrong. I see him as a reliever, but hey, if he does start, that's wonderful. If he goes to the, if he goes to the pen, even better for him. If, as long as he helps them win, that's all that matters there. And I'll be the first to eat my words. But I am curious about the next pick of the Reds. They bounce back to the high school ranks and grab outfielder Mac Wainwright. Wainwright's an absolutely gifted athlete. He's got strength and speed and arm and defense, but he's missing the hit. You know how I feel about the hit tool. You need it. You absolutely need it. Is he going to be able to develop it?
2: Yeah, so the this is a little bit of an off-the-radar pick. Um, He wasn't ranked on the BA 500, but the Reds are really high on this guy. They think they got the steal of the draft here with Mac Wainwright. He's going to be a projection play. There's going to be a lot of refinement that needs to go on. But you know he's a high schooler, so and he's and not only is that he's young for the class; he doesn't turn eighteen until August. So they got plenty of time to develop this kid. He's from right, sort of right in their backyard. He's from Cleveland, so it's their next door neighbor. He, it's an Ohio guy, and I know how Ohioans love their Ohio. It's a, it's a really loose swing, uh, with some power projection in there because he's got he's such a strong kid. You could see him tapping into plus power down the line. And it's not so much, I think, that he can't hit. It's just that it's unproven. Uh, Injuries have kept him out of some of the showcase events. He hasn't been seen a lot. So it's not that he can't hit. It's just that we're not entirely sure. So that's why the Reds are like, oh, he absolutely can hit. The Reds will be the first to tell you this guy can hit. I don't know what you're talking about. But the rest of us, you know, should be a little bit skeptical. Um, It's a high-risk pick, absolutely. But they're hoping to mold him into an impact hitter down the line. And they think they got the steal of the draft with this. I'm interested to see how it turns out because, you know, he hasn't been seen much, so I haven't seen him that much.
0: I mean, if that hit tool turns around, this is an absolute stud. Absolutely. So let's move on to the fifth round. The Reds take the electric pitcher out of Notre Dame, Joe Boyle. Boyle is six foot seven and averages 98 miles an hour on his fastball. Not tops out, but averages. You mix in the slider, and he's great. But like all the best flamethrowers out there, he can't spot it. I know the stuff is tantalizing, similar to Wainwright's athletic tools, but will he be able to pick up his command enough to actually play?
3: I don't know. I mean, he definitely looks like a bullpen risk with no control, but man, that arm is exciting to watch. I mean, it's a true 80-grade fastball. He regularly reaches 100, tops out at 102 to 103. I mean, the massive frame just intimidates hitters at six foot seven. He was projected as a top three-round pick out of high school, but instead opted for Notre Dame. Uh, he's got some of the best arm strength in the class. He also overpowers with a slider that reaches the upper 80s. Control, like you said, is a major issue. It's well below average right now, and even in this shortened season, uh, college season that we had, he walked 13 batters in eight innings. He does have potential. He's got to really work on refining that command, but right now, man, it looks like he's just a flamethrower that they can't hit his targets at all, but there's some potential there when you can throw that hard. Always got to like that.
0: And I just thought about something with that. He's six foot seven, which means he has extension. He's throwing the ball six inches, seven inches closer to the plate than most people. So that 102 is probably looking like 103 and a half.
3: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, he's a big boy. He gets on you quick. I mean, especially with that 102, his command is definitely a problem even the control is just kind of whipping the ball up there wherever it goes it goes I'd be kind of scared to be honest I was hitting but he threw 62 innings and uh in the college ranks and had 110 strikeouts which is that's really great but had 75 strikeouts or 75 uh, walks so that's a uh, over a walk per inning so that's not too great um but yeah tons of K's, tons of walks tons of miles per hour tons of velo tons of fun Tons of projects. So we'll see how it
2: goes.
0: That's the best way I can describe the Reds draft is tons of fun, tons of projects.
2: Yeah, yeah to be honest, if I'd be scared if he were throwing 102 down the middle every time just because 102 sounds scary. I think this is a guy you really want to do well, obviously because of the two pitch mix. You got plus plus fastball, plus to plus plus slider. But he's also apparently he's very analytically inclined. He's very into the pitch metrics and wor- he works really, really hard to get better so it's it's kind of disappointing to see him continue to struggle to find the zone the way he has but you know if you can get him to right now he's probably sitting in that 30 35 command if you can get him to like not even like 40 if you can get him to 40 command you've got a big league arm if he can just kind of be around the zone that the kind that's the kind of stuff that hitters will swing and miss at and again that we're talking youth here he's young for the class he won't turn 21 until august so that's a plus but the, the command is just scary in terms of how bad it is especially if you're a hitter
1: yeah and as you said he's really analytically inclined so it's good to see the reds picked him up and they probably know that about him and they picked up i mean probably half the driveline team this offseason last 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 two years with with bauer coming to the team and also that's a team that's really focused on all that stuff with all the track man soto metrics and all that trying to improve your spin right pitch to your best abilities in a way so he found the right team so if he's gonna be successful, it's probably gonna be with the Reds. So it's it's good to see they picked him up in the fifth round. Nothing much to lose here.
2: Hometown guy as well. He's from uh he grew up just outside of Louisville. So it's I guess, I guess that counts as hometown for Cincinnati. It's pretty close.
0: Close enough. Zach, he uh he needs your glasses from Wild Thing. He get <laughs> he has to get that control.
2: He, he can have them. I'm not I'm not pitching too much anymore. Uh,
0: are you willing to give him those?
2: He can have them. I, I think a five eight. I'm a
0: 5'8 lefty in the seventies. I don't think I need them. hey what some teams out there that needs that but (laughs) there is a there is a lot of potential with that reds draft uh but let's move over uh to the next team in the nl central the former lovable losers the chicago cubs picking 16th overall they do grab the best shortstop in the draft ed howard i don't want to speak the role of a scout but from what i've seen he looks like he's 50 55 60 grade on pretty much everything Is he going to be an all around serviceable and solid or one of the best in the league?
3: Yeah, I don't think you're looking at a guy that has standout tools. Ceiling's definitely not as high as like your Bobby Witts or CJ Abrams from last year. But like you said, he is the best shortstop in this class. Um, Super, like uh, just across the board, above average at everything. A few plus tools in there. He has a good approach at the plate, makes repeatable hard contact. He really makes impressive bat speed, and his frame is projectable. So I think he only continues to add power and strength to his bat. Uh, He's a smooth defender, and he definitely sticks at the position. Unlike a lot of these guys, I think he's the one that will stick at shortstop long term. He's a plus defender there. He's got an above-average arm, high baseball IQ. And so all around, he's not going to be flashy, but he is going to be good at everything that he does. So I like the pick a lot. Lots of lots to of offer there to the Cubs.
2: Yeah, I think the best way to describe him is just a baseball player. This kid is kind of what you look for in a baseball player, just does a little bit of everything. Well, you know, good, good hitter, good fielder, plays the game high energy, um, good feel for the game, especially for a high school player. He, he he has a high baseball IQ, as you said. He's just a baseball player. That that's it. <laughs> that's it.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Just a little fun little story on Ed Howard. He was, um, back in the day, like probably six or so years ago, he was on the Little League World Series team from uh, Chicago that won the championship, and then Theo Epstein gave him a little speech. Uh, Ed Howard was in the, like I said, a part of the team listening. After high school, Theo said... Jackie Robinson West. There you go. Yeah, that team. Um, After high school or college, whenever they're draft eligible, the Cubs will be ready watching. And apparently, Ed Howard wasn't going to let them pass him up. So, fun little story there, but yeah, Ed Howard's a fun player. He's really smooth That shortstop, like I said. He's definitely going to stick there. Um, he's got a lot of room to grow into, too. He's 6'2", 185, so some room to grow into. So it's definitely some power down the line. I like the pick a lot. Ed's have someone, or the Cubs have someone fun to, uh, to play with.
0: Nice. It, it looks like the Cubs absolutely killed it with that Howard pick. And if he develops the way that you know we're saying, and he just maintains above average and everything, they the Cubs will certainly be happy, and Theo Epstein will certainly be happy. But what about the next guy, Burl Carraway, a pitcher out of Dallas Baptist. I took one look at the stats, and, and, and sure, it's a wow on the K rates. He gets 16 strikeouts per nine. You couple that with a pretty lofty walk rate. It's like five and a half per nine. It gets less appetizing. You couple that with the fact that he's likely a pure reliever. Eh, I, I'm starting to not like this as much. He has lights out stuff, but eh, these types of relievers are becoming a dime a dozen nowadays. T- like we were talking about earlier, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but no control. What makes him special?
1: Uh, He's fun. Like Means, I touched on before, we're not really big fans of taking the reliever this early, but I think it just has to do with the five-round draft. People are just, if they wanted a guy, they felt he might not drop, and Karaway was definitely the best reliever in the draft. Just strict relievers, so the Cubs wanted him, I guess. And I, I, I apparently they had a, probably a plan with wanting to get left-handed relievers or left-handed power arms in the system or something, as we'll get to in a few picks as well. But yeah, he's he's fun. He's like you said, a lot of Ks, a lot of walks, um, deception in his delivery, a ton of deception, kind of creates some command issues. But he's got a quick delivery. The arm can kind of lag a little bit behind. But the fastball is fun. It works up in the zone a ton. Had the second highest spin rate in the class, twenty-seven oh eight RPMs, and the curveball. Was just as impressive. It was upper upper seventies and had a twenty eighty three. It was ranked eighth, but still really impressive. But the two pitch misses really, really consistently wipe out stuff. It's just if he can command it or not. But he still gets some ugly swings out of the zone with it and all. But I'm not a huge fan of the del- or the um, the reliever this early. But like I said, he's he's really strong. He'll he will he should move relatively quickly as long as he can keep some command in. He'll he'll always have some command issues. He probably won't ever be a closer due to it, but. He reminded me a lot of um, right when I saw him. Just of uh, another guy who just debuted last year for the Rays was and he pitched at Dallas Baptist as well was Colin Poche. They're a little different. Poche uses his fastball like 90% of the time or something wild, but they both are pretty pretty similar pitchers. It reminded me a lot of them.
2: Yeah, I think what makes Caraway special is that fastball curveball combination from the left side. I mean, you're up to 98 with the fastball plus curveball, and then again, he's also he's got that kind of it factor when it comes to pitching late in games. He wants the ball in the ninth inning. He's going to go right after hitters. He doesn't really know where the ball's going all the time, but he's going to do his best to go right after hitters. <laughs> it's it's a real closer bulldog mentality, and that's kind of what sets him apart. That said, I don't like college relievers this early. They are kind of a dime a dozen. Even when you got the ones that stand out at first, kind of like Caraway, I think you could find them later in the draft. You're getting the best one now, but the guys later I think could be every bit as good. So I'm not a fan of relievers this early in the draft either.
1: All of, of the relievers in the league right now, I would say eighty or them, eighty percent of them made, ninety percent of them were turned starters or turn from starters. I just couldn't make it, so I'm not a big fan of drafting relievers in general, but draft a starter, see if you can stick. If not, shorten his up his shorten up his arsenal and move on.
0: Well we're not a fan of drafting relievers I. Si, but if you're a fan of being wildly entertained by watching a physical Adonis just being gifted on the baseball field, you're going to like this next guy, Jordan Nuogu out of Michigan. He's built like a defensive end because he was one. And and now he just crushes the ball. He has elite speed to go with it. He has a hard time adjusting to curve and change ball or changeups, ups. But I do hope this guy pans out because he looks like he's going to be the most fun player to watch.
1: Yeah. He's like you said, he's really exciting to watch. I, I would, I would slow a little bit on the elite speed, but he's definitely showing 60 pushing 70 grade speed. But he's, he's, like I said, he's, he's big. He's 6'3", 235. Shows great bat-to-ball skills. Ability to kind of bar- barrel the ball up consistently. Even when he's fooled, he can kind of keep his hands back and show ability to kind of just hit the ball hard. Just really physical in the box, in the outfield, just all around. He has a, just a lot of big power. He can kind of show up in game as well. Decent little hit tool to work with. Could, could be about a 45-50 as well. it's like he's, he's got a nice offensive profile. He struggles a little bit to pick up uh, pick up breaking balls and keep his weight. Um, on, the, on the front side a little bit. But like I said earlier, he still finds a way to kind of barrel the balls. Just gets a little antsy in the box, which he'll kind of battle through in the in the minors. But he's got a really high ceiling, just the way this whole draft was kind of going for the Cubs. Um, kind of just a lot of high risk, high reward kind of players. But of the group, I, I definitely like Nwago. Obviously, he's not going to be at Howard status, but of these other other picks, I'm a big fan of Nwago and think he has the best chance to kind of stick. He's not going to be a center fielder, but as an offensive kind of profile, that fielder should be pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because he's had a really a really strong track record at Michigan. He's hit all 3 years while he was there, and while the Big 10 isn't the same as the other Power 5s, it's still good competition. He helped carry them out to the uh to the National Championship series against Vanderbilt last year. But I mean, you got the power, you got the speed. He's a big athletic dude, just just a beast. And I think he might be just, you know, some Swing change a little bit of a swing mechanical change away from kind of pulling it all together, which is weird to say because he's already hitting really well. He's got a high baseball IQ. He's got a high IQ in general. He's actually on a scholarship for computer engineering, not baseball, but computer engineering at Michigan. Uh, Genius dude. And I think if you he he keeps his hands pretty close to his body in his swing. It's a tight kind of a tight swing. He he needs to get a little bit more extension. Um, kind of just smooth it out. But he's got the feel for hitting the feel for the game to, to really pull it all together. Um, you, you can almost call this maybe a little bit of a Garrett Mitchell light. It's a, it's, it's a fun guy to watch for sure.
0: Well, I do like the good, you know, the good athlete. It's, it's incredibly fun to watch, but I'm really excited about this next guy. Remember when I told you I was hyped about the Joe Boyle 98 mile an hour fastball? Well, the Cubs draft Luke Little, who hits 105 Chapman's record could easily fall with little getting some work and strength. But does he, like the other people we spoke of, does he have enough command?
2: So this is a fascinating one. And it's not just because he throws 105. A lot of it's because he throws 105. But so you got a 6'8 lefty that can get up to 105. And that was in one bullpen where he was sitting mostly, you know, 101 to 103 in that bullpen, you know, casually. In games, when he throws longer stints, he's more mid to upper 90s. But the problem here has been the command. It was bottom of the scale, kind of even worse than Joe Boyle uh, earlier in his career in San Jack. But this year, he took a step forward with it. And it was a small sample, but he was throwing more strikes this year. And his delivery looked a little bit smoother. I think beforehand, he was really kind of a lumbering guy. He looked like he hadn't even remotely grown into his body. He didn't really have the coordination. He was just kind of this big lumbering guy that released the ball right in front of your face in the upper 90s and now 105. He comes from like a big crossfire deliveries. So he was almost letting go of the ball from first base. And the ball's got life on it, too. So we're talking about an 80-grade fastball, not just because of the velocity, but because it's moving, and it's at an angle, and it's impossible to square up. This year, he, he looks like he ironed out that delivery a little bit. I mean, it still needs significant work, but he's moving in the right direction, and he's really young. He doesn't turn 20 until august so he's like the age of like kind of like an old college freshman so i think there's a ton of upside here you got to work on the slider as well it's it's kind of an inconsistent pitch but he flashes some good ones i don't know i think the cubs if they i think if he just grows into his body a little bit more because he, he's so young as well this could be i think he still sticks in the, st- stuck in the bullpen but this could be an elite reliever i'm really excited to see where he goes
0: there's a, there's a video that's currently up on the ProspectsWorldwide.com website about the Cubs draft analysis. Mm-hmm. And it compares Luke Little's 105 mile an hour fastball to Josh Stomont's 104 mile an hour fastball. And it breaks down the mechanics. And it is actually a lot of fun to look at because you can just see how perfectly in tune they are. Obviously, command being an issue, but just in tune to get the most torque out of their body. It's a, I recommend that watch. But so I want to move on to their final pick. It was pretty interesting to me. He wasn't ranked on the MLB pipeline, but he managed to get two and a half times his slot bonus netting 900,000 when the recommended value was 367. He's Cohen Moreno. He's had a big fastball growth in recent years. He's now sitting at 93 at 62170. He should fill out a little bit more to give him more velo. But how does the rest of his game look?
3: Yeah, it's interesting. uh, The value that he got. He was relatively unknown prior to the draft, a high schooler out in North Carolina, committed to Eastern Carolina University. I think he could be a nice riser, though, in the system, as the more I've looked at him, the more I like him. You mentioned he has a good fastball, um, and he's shown good progression on that throughout high school, definitely shown a lot of improvement. He complements that fastball with a solid slurve as well. And again, not a whole lot out there on him, but it seems like... What I've seen, there, there is stuff to like. And obviously, they liked him a lot in order to give him that, that extra bonus money at, in that round. I mean, obviously, you probably have to to sign him, given he's a high school kid. But I do think there is stuff to like here. A good, good guy. I think he could develop well. Yeah, Moreno wasn't
2: completely unknown. Baseball America had him at 128. So he was I saw him there and he was kind of on my watch list a little bit before the draft. This is a guy that I think is going to take a big step forward in Pro Ball, just cause he's just he looks like a pitcher. He's got that loose delivery, good frame, 6'2. Uh he's around 90 with his fastball right now, but he's been up to 94, and the velocity is trending up. Uh he's been above 90 more than he's been below it recently. Uh, the slurve he's got needs to add a little bit of power. It's kind of a loopy pitch right now, but it's got good depth. And I think overall, there's just a lot to work with right here. And I think the Cubs would love to just kind of get their hands on him and mold him into a great pitcher that he has the ability to be. Um, I mean, he's got a ways to go, especially for someone who's a little older for the class. I think he turns 19 in August or September. I, it's just the kind of guy that could take a big leap forward in pro ball. So, And the Cubs are banking on that, and the Cubs see that.
0: Yeah, I really like this draft for them. Everyone seems to have some real major league potential, like high end. They can do some real damage in the majors. But I do have questions on the Brewers pick. They're next. Uh, Not as many questions on the first guy, though. Garrett Mitchell was one of the best talents in the draft. A huge bat, and he can do everything. Some say he fell because of diabetes, but that just seems odd to me because diabetes didn't stop Adam Duvall or Mark Lowe or Jay Cutler. Type 1 is manageable, and Mitchell seems like a true talent. What do y'all see in him?
2: First off, there will be absolutely zero Garrett Mitchell slander on this podcast. I love this prospect. I think he's easy top 10 talent. I think the Brewers have to be ecstatic to get him at, 20, at number 20. Personally, I think I, I, was, I especially watched ESPN talk a lot about the diabetes when he was drafted, and they didn't talk much about him as a player, which really annoyed me because uh, yeah, he's a diabetic, big deal. This, this kid's a fantastic player. And I say that with a little bit of bias. My, my fiance is diabetic, but and she's a diabetic athlete. She kicks ass on the equestrian circuit. It's it's not going to be an issue going forward. I don't think it will. Anyways, Garrett Mitchell, the player, is extremely fun to watch. We're talking top of the scale speed. It's an 80 grade, 75 to 80 grade run tool. He changes games on the bases and in the outfield, but the speed, raw power, is in in batting practice. It's parking lot raw power. He can he'll drive balls out of the stadium in batting practice. In games, it doesn't play as much. Uh, he's more of a line drive bat in games, but he's also got a plus hit tool. So he's consistently making contact, consistently spraying the ball around the field, extra base hits, doubles, triples. He puts the ball in the gap and just runs wild. I think if you can get a little more loft into Mitchell's swing, it, it's definitely a line drive swing right now. You get a little bit more loft, help him tap that power, which I think he can. I mean, you're talking about you know a similar player to somebody already on the Brewers right now, Christian Yelich, except that Mitchell's faster he's that good I think I'm, I'm shocked that he fell to 20 I think it was more teams seeing kind of the diabetes and going no no team had him as their number 20 player but I think every team only has one pick and they saw him and they're like we're not going to spend our one pick on him we're not going to spend our one pick but the Brewers have to be ecstatic I think you you're talking all-star to MVP upside if everything clicks and he can tap that power in games because it's it is plus raw power I mean it's 45 to 50 game power but It is plus raw power, plus hit tool, plus plus run tool, plus arm as well. I mean, this kid's just tooled up. He's a fantastic baseball player. I'm
0: very excited to see him play. You talk about his game power being less than his raw. It goes into one of, I saw a quote on him recently. He said that he actually just, he tries to hit line drives and they accidentally turn into home runs. So that's all he's trying to do is just like get that BABIP high, hit line drives and yeah, sure. They turn into home runs and that's even better.
2: I think the Brewers are going to want him to, you know, try for a little, not, you know, go all out for home runs, but try to add a
3: little bit of loft. I just think we've got to look past the diabetes thing. I think that that's been all the talk. This this kid's a top 10 player in the class, no doubt about it. The fact that he slipped this far was unbelievable. I mean, Zach, you hit everything that I could say. And we know he's a, a big five category potential across the board. I mean, this kid's got it all. And so we just need to put this conversation to rest because it hasn't, diabetes hasn't stopped him at any point of his playing career so far. So I don't see why it would now or moving forward. He's a potential steal of the draft here. Fantastic pick by the Brewers. They, Like you said, they've got to be ecstatic they got him here.
1: Yeah, I'm on board with you guys. There's been a, a few things with Mitchell that I'd I've, I've like to see. Like every year he's been working on his kind of tapping into the raw power. Lately I've been seeing him kind of – work on it a lot like pre-pitch he kind of coils in his uh his front side his hips like kind of just literally trying to gear towards it being able to kind of turn on pitches more a little bit so he knows he needs to fix it he knows it's the biggest part of his game that really is lacking as zach touched on everything is plus to plus plus so the comparison i have i don't know if he's going to be christian Yelich. that's pretty that's pretty lofty but the player i compare him to which would also be pretty lofty if this player stayed healthy he would have pretty much been Christian Yelich is Grady Sizemore. Just if he can tap into that raw power, he has potential to beat him. But like I said, the the, the raw power has a turn, has a chance, and the Brewers are really, really good at helping Mm -hmm. players with their launch angle development. As you can see with Christian Yelich when he came over and Kesson Hiara kind of helped tap into a lot of raw power that he had. So there's a lot of players that they help, and I think Mitchell's going to be the next one.
0: If they get pre-injury Grady Sizemore, they are happy with that.
1: Yeah, if they get Sizemore, Yelich,
0: anyone, they're happy. Regardless, you know, of they, care, the kid's
2: going to be stud, which is anything even without the power. And,
0: absolutely. And
2: all three of Mitchell, Hira, and Yelich are uh, LA boys.
0: Hey. <laughs> West Coasters. <laughs> so we are high on Mitchell. Absolutely. But like I said, I do have question marks on the Brewers draft, and they start right here. Freddy Zamora from Miami. I'm not sure what to make of him. The talent does seem to be there, but he got suspended from Miami's season, and then a knee injury happened. And for a shortstop, I imagine that knee injury could be just devastating. What's odd is these events happen at the same time. Literally, the press briefing was February 12th, Zamora suspended to begin season. February 13th, Zamora out for season with ACL injury. What do we do with Zamora? How do we view him as a player?
3: It's a strange progression of events (laughs) that led him up to this draft. He's a glove first type of player. He's shown the ability to be a plus defender, and he's got a good arm. I mean, he showed improvement at the plate during his college career, but he is a contact first type of hitter he's not going to hit for a ton of power he doesn't strike out much it's an interesting makeup overall but I'm honestly just not sure if the bat plays at the next level I think he needs to show more, a more consistent hit tool and really grow into that power if, if he wants to play at the next level I mean make it up past double AA, a triple a you know but the glove is solid the fielding ability is good and he has a good arm but I don't know I'm just not sold on the pick here you guys got anything
2: yeah, I'm not entirely sold on him either. I don't think I'm quite so pessimistic as you are. I think he's a very similar player. I think you take out the work ethic and the injury. I think he's a very similar player to Aleka Williams, the Rays' competitive balance pick. Kind of a guy who's always been a sound approach, line drive kind of bat. He's been hitting for, he hit for more impact uh, as a sophomore. So he's he's starting to tap a little bit of power, you know, get it up from a 35, maybe to a 40, 45. But of course, he's glove first. He he ha- he can make the, the uh, highlight reel play with anybody. Think he's still working on the routine play kind of keeping his focus from pitch to pitch the, i think there is some nice upside here in kind of in a shortstop who can really hit uh you know 10 to 15 homers a year good on base percentages that's if he kind of gets zack together which you know i've never met him so i'm I, I don't know what his deal is i'm i think that's kind of all i got to say on his, on his work ethic but if the brewers can pull him together i think there is some nice upside here but you know this early in the draft i, I wasn't a huge fan of the pick I think there were better players available, but we'll see. We go. We'll see what happens with Zamora.
0: Well, the next pick is an in infielder Xavier Warren, and he has a bat. He's able to make steady contact. Power might be limited, son, but the average and OBP are certainly going to be high. What's weird, Zach? He's listed as shortstop. He played shortstop at Central Michigan, but I know you said you thought he might catch instead. What's with the positional question marks?
2: So he was actually drafted as a catcher. The uh, the Brewers announced him as a catcher. He caught in high school out in Detroit, in the Detroit area. But when he got to Central Michigan, they needed him at uh, shortstop. So he spent three years playing shortstop for the Chippewas. He definitely doesn't stick at shortstop in pro ball. Um, he's more of a, the the tools kind of profile better as second base and th- or third base. But I mean, if you can get him to catch, he's an athletic kid. He's got a high baseball IQ, great feel for the game. If you can stick him back there and kind of help him iron out those kind of rough patches in his game. I think you're talking about the bat profiles fantastically back there. Profile is solid in the infield, but as a catcher, you got yourself a steal. He's a completely professional hitter in the batter's box. He, he and, and that's both the left and right-handed batter's box. He's a switch hitter, but it's, it's an absolutely pro approach. Uh, he hunts his pitch. He works counts. He makes consistent line drive contact. He executes. Lots of doubles and triples. Not a ton of home run power. He's just not the biggest guy in the world, but he can run into some occasionally. But he's just hit everywhere he's gone. He hit at Central Michigan. He hit on the Cape, and I think you've got kind of a baseline of a utility infielder. But if he can catch the bat profiles, there he'd be a starting catcher.
1: Yeah, I I like the I like the lot. Like you said, the bat's nice. Um, I think he has a little little chances to get catcher. He played a like I think there were like five to ten games at catcher in college. But like I said, he mostly uh, played shortstop and. kind of split time at third base as well in a spot that i think he couldn't um, end up it's just i don't think the power is ever going to show up to kind of profile there but i think he has a decent chance to stick a catcher if they can kind of work on him it's definitely going to be a project as we touched on he hasn't really played too much there in the last couple of years but i saw some video that was posted on uh, youtube it was actually granted it was three four years ago when this kid was in high school but um he looks good he looked good behind the plate he's added some a little bit of weight now which is fine he still looks athletic now but he does that as he did back in the day pop time that he had back then was it was workouts but it was a 1.9 nothing crazy definitely solid i think he has some act, some good actions behind there. the throws kind of sailed on him a little bit he kind of rushes his throws gets a little sidearm on him but when he gets on top he has some pretty good throws on there just gets, gets him on target and he has pretty good um, velocity on him i mean i like the profile if you can get him to stick like a catcher it's pretty fun i mean switching switch hitting catchers are always interesting and fun and if you have any 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 defensive ability back there, it's always worth a shot.
0: Let's actually move on to the next guy I'm curious on, but eh, it's outfielder Joey Weimer. He's just another guy I can't get a handle on. He's an outfielder with patience, power, bat speed, but still limited production. He does throw 98 from the mound, so he could have like a Ramon Lariano type arm in the field, but again, he just doesn't have a hit tool. Does he just need to fix it, slow down this max effort swing he has just to touch the ball? It looks like the rest of the tools are going to play.
2: I think he does. And this is kind of the exact opposite of Xavier Warren. It's another Michigan native. He grew up just north of Toledo. So it's another Michigan native back to back, but he's, he's the exact opposite of Warren. Warren has hit everywhere he's gone with a pro approach. Weimer has not really, or Weimer, I don't know how it's pronounced has not hit really at all, especially kind of in a mid-major at Cincinnati. Uh, He's got a 6'5 kid with really long arms and legs, really noisy setup. He holds the bat really high over his head. He wiggles it around, and then when the pitch comes in, he drops his hands below his back shoulder, has a big leg kick, and kind of explodes towards the ball. It's a really noisy swing, and I think he's trying – it's almost like he's trying too hard. Uh, He's just got to – honestly, he's just got to calm down. I mean, it's, it's a noisy swing. It's an aggressive approach. He swings at a lot of pitches. He's just got to calm down because the bat speed is legitimate. He's got a really quick bat. And with those long arms and legs and strong athletic frame, I think he could be a plus hitter all around. Just calm down a little bit. You notice if you look at the numbers, he strikes out a lot, but then you look a little closer. He actually, compared to his scouting profile, you'd think he would strike out more than he does really. I mean, he actually controls his own fairly well, given everything I just said. So the natural ability is there. I'm I'm bought into this pick. I think if the Brewers can clean him up and just pat him on the back and say, hey, chill out. You're a natural hitter. You can do this without going up there like your Gary Sheffield. I think they could have a kind of a, an all-around impact hitter on their hands.
0: Well, you can't complain about an all-around impact hitter. That is, I mean, getting him in the fourth round, that's elite. So now with the Brew Crew's last pick, they take Hayden Cantrell, shortstop out of UL Lafayette. Uh, I think Cantrell dropped a bit because of his well, I know he dropped because of his lackluster start to the season. Uh, typically, he was a highly productive batter. He was actually one of 61 players, so 25 extra bases and 25 steals. But then he just stunk in the beginning of this season. Uh, is this going to be a case of, John, don't be down on him because it's a small sample size? I know I do that a lot with people in the Cape, but who is this guy? Is this just a small sample size? I mean,
1: a little bit, yeah. There's. I mean, there's obviously some concerns to be with any player, but... It's definitely a small sample size. I would say he's definitely have more of a track record than I would say having failure like he had, like he showed this season. But definitely had him drop considering the cases and all. But um, he's he's fun. He's fun to watch. He's a switch hitter. I, I have his future hit tool as as, as a potential fifty five. He um, definitely definitely has some work to do right now. But his swing's a little bit more fluid from the left side. Got it. Still gets the job done from the right side. sometime to develop in the minors will be. Pretty good for him. He's definitely going to need a few years. Yeah, he kind of profiles a top order hitter, not going to show too much power. Has a chance to stick a defense, not going to be overpowering there. Just 50 grade, average defender at short. Might move over to a second base due to the offensive profile and all. Yeah, I mean, it's not a terrible pick. As a fifth round pick, you definitely are buying into what you saw before. You're not really buying what he showed you this year. And there's definitely some stuff to like from the previous seasons.
0: Okay, well, I like that then. So finally, we're going to move on to the last team in the NL Central. And of course, them being the last team they now have the most picks that we have to go through the st louis cardinals first up for the cards is a high school absolute monster jordan walker great power potential maybe not the greatest fielder his hit tools iffy but i think it's going to be there am i optimistic thinking if they just properly control his balance and body control that you know they're going to make him an absolute batting machine
1: i'm I'm, I'm a bit higher on the hit tool than most must say i I would say i I think it has a chance to grow into a 45 if all kind of clicks and the cardinals are pretty decent at developing bats i wouldn't put it past them to kind of help them out and stuff but i think that's um, an
0: understatement cardinals (laughs) are excellent at developing bats
1: (laughs) but um yeah I i think the power has 60 potential 70 grade 70 grade stuff i just i want to see a little bit more he's Gets a little chase heavy on breaking balls. Got to show a little bit more uh, recognition on those to kind of tap in that 70 grade. And as that 70 grade will show up, I think that 45 uh, hit tool will show up as well. But yeah, just a little development to go, but he's got a ton of potential. I love the pick a lot. There was some signability issues with him a little bit, but I was pretty convinced he would sign and the Cardinals, they're going to have a good one over there. The defense, it's not the worst at third base. He's got a huge arm, throws the ball really uh, strong over at third, a little bit flat footed, probably will end up seeing a move off of third base as he kind of gets older and all. But he would profile and right fine. Might be a little slow out there, but the big arm, big power, everything kind of profiles out there. If not, is slow over to first base and be a big power threat.
2: See, so, yeah, J- Jake, I'm with you on the hit tool. I, I'm actually I'm high on it as well, and well high relatively speaking. And John, to answer your question you asked at the top, if the Cardinals iron him out, do we think we can bring out this hit tool? I think yes. I mean, first thing you're buying is obviously the huge raw power from a six-five frame. Right now, the hit tool is below average; it's kind of 40-45, But he's got a really sound approach at the plate. He's really good at pitch selection. He's got a really high baseball IQ. Scouts have praised his knowledge of the game. I think the only problem I think with his hit tool right now is more the hand-eye coordination, and that's just a case of you know him being six-five and barely eighteen years old, and he actually hasn't played since he turned eighteen. So I think he just, kind of like with Luke Little, I think he just needs to grow into his body a little bit more. And we can get to at least a 45 hit, maybe even 50. I I could see him getting to a 50 hit tool pretty easily. I'm a big fan of this guy. I think he's going to be kind of a lineup anchor for the Cardinals down the line. I think he'll do great in St. Louis. And Jordan Walker is just a great baseball name as well.
0: (laughs) So Walker's got some potential for sure. But let's make way for my future two-way Hall of Famer. My favorite player in this draft, up next, Mason Wynn. He touches 98 on the gun with a plus curve and possibly a plus changeup. He's a talented shortstop with power and speed. And I know he doesn't have a hit tool, but being a two-way player outweighs my hatred of lacking a hit tool. I trust Wynn and I trust the Cardinals development staff to make this guy incredible. My soapbox is done. What do you think about him?
2: So, first off, I love him. This is another one of my favorite players in this draft. Second off, I don't think he's going to be a two-way player at the Major League level. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's going to be a two-way player at the start, and I think the Cardinals absolutely should develop him as a two-way player. But I think he's raw enough on both sides of the ball, and he's also a smaller guy. He's like 5'11", skinny guy. I don't think he's going to stick as a two-way player, just because he has a lot of development he needs on both sides of the ball. But, all that said, I love him. I'll start with the bat. He's got just lightning fast hands in the batter's box that produce like above average raw power from like a small skinny frame just because he whips the bat through the zone so quickly he might need to you know fix kind of his starting position with his hands they again he can start pretty low with them struggle with the pitches up but they're just so quick and if you kind of refine those mechanics a little bit i think you could have a really nice all-around hitter also defensively he should be able to stick a shortstop, again, with a little more refinement. He can. He's a high-energy player. He can kind of overplay things sometimes. But, again, he's raw. So if you're talking about a shortstop with power and just lightning-fast hands. At the plate, you move to the mound, and he's just as exciting. Uh, lightning-fast arm, again, it's the same guy. His fastball has run it up to 98 before. It kind of sits low to mid-90s. Curveball looks like a plus pitch. It's got really sharp bite at times. It can be inconsistent. Um, it can flatten out a little bit, but when he throws his best ones, they look like sixty-five great pitches. At his best, good changeup as well. Strike throwing could use a little work. Uh, and he, since he's a smaller guy, there's always going to be questions about whether he can s- stick in the rotation. But I think just the ability here is so elite. He's one of the best just baseball players in the class. I love this pick. I'm really really excited to see how he develops. But I think he's got enough to go on both sides of the ball, kind of with as a hitter, he needs to work on that hit tool as a pitcher. he needs to, you know, hone in that command, get more consistent with the secondary stuff. I think he only makes it as a one one way, but it's really exciting either way.
0: Zach, you're no longer invited on this podcast. Sorry. I only speak the truth.
3: yeah, this is this is one of my favorite picks of the draft, honestly. I just really like what he has to offer. I don't again. I don't think he sticks as a two way player. It's really tough to do, but he's honestly like equally talented both as a pitcher and as a hitter. Like I mean, when you draw comparisons to Francisco Lindor at shortstop, while also doing what he did on the mound, I mean, it's just insane what what he has to offer. I don't personally know like where he projects out best because he's he's that good at both of them. But I do think he ends up focusing on one. But again, hard for me to say right now. But I do like this pick a lot. One of my favorites in the draft.
1: All right, John. Here we go. I mean, it could happen. But there's there's some skeptics. There's some skeptics. That's definitely to be sure.
0: Um, I'm going to go do a parade real quick. I'll be right back.
1: (laughs) I don't think he'll ever be a starter by any means. But I think there's definitely a role. And by the time he'll be developed, I think the league will be kind of not more two-way heavy but there'll definitely be more players I think in the role that I'm gonna kind of bring up we've already kind of seen it kind of happening with Michael Lorenzen but just a guy that can kind of play the field a few times a week come in one or two times a week throw an inning maybe stay in there for two three innings he's got the stuff to kind of get through a lineup once even twice it's just the long term the frame won't really probably hold up over a season but I like like Zach said they're definitely gonna try it they don't think it's going to happen. I have a lot of faith. They both touched on it. He's got a ton of talent on both sides. It's just, will he post it? Will he continuously tap in it on both sides? I think he can if he limits it. If he doesn't try to stick to a full-time starter role, if he doesn't try to be a full-time kind of shortstop, if he can kind of be that guy that's just a kind of a Swiss Army knife, more or less. More, I, I would I would see him more useful as Lorenzen is being used. I think the Reds kind of underuse Lorenzen a little bit. I think they definitely need to explore more of him. And I think the Cardinals are... Probably willing, considering they drafted two potential two-way guys. I think they're going to be definitely willing to let Win stick as long as possible. But we'll see.
0: Well, you are the smartest person on this podcast. I, <laughs> that's obvious now at this point. But let's move on to their competitive balance pick. The Cardinals draft Markevian Tink Hintz. Super young guy, one of the youngest high school seniors in the class. Good movement on his pitches. Pretty interesting deception. I've watched some videos. The ball kind of jumps out of his hand before it starts any sort of movement. But he does require a lot of development to reach his max. What's the limit on hints?
3: First, I love the name Tink Hints, man. Great name. He's he does have a good feel for his three pitch mix. Uh, right now, he's got a plus fastball and he's got potential b- above average offerings in his slider and his changeup. He's listed at six one, but he honestly looks really small. So. I have some concerns about his frame, but like you said, he's still very young, so I do think that he could grow with time. Right now his fastball sits about 93 to 95 with pretty good sync action to it, and he spins the ball really well. That's what I really like. He, he spins the ball very efficiently and well, and on his slider it sits between 76 and 81, and he's improving on his changeup, so he's been working on that feel for the changeup, which I think is really important. Um, And so if he keeps refining these, then there is some potential there. He does need to kind of grow into that frame a little bit because I do think there are some concerns there. But overall, there is some potential, and I do like it. Yeah, I think you're talking about another really fast arm, really loose, fluid delivery. Um, He also
2: has been working on a curveball as well. He can kind of manipulate between the curveball and the slider just because he's got such great feel to spin the ball. And in addition to that changeup, that's a potential, you know, four-pitch mix of all above average to plus pitches. I know injuries are a huge question just given his size. I mean, you want to be optimistic and say he's athletic enough to avoid that, especially since the delivery is so fluid. The realist in me is is still cautious, but if he's healthy, I mean, you're getting an impact starting pitcher if he can withstand the the, the full workload.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely love this, dra- this Cardinals draft so far. If he's able to develop properly, he really could do something special. But what's really special is their next pick, because it's the other potential two-way guy that Jake was talking about, uh, Alec Burleson from ECU. This guy kind of finessed his way to nine strikeouts per nine in college and was a hair under a slash line of 350, 400, 500. It looks like he's probably going to stick at first base since he's a tad slow, and he, I'll, I'll admit he probably won't stick at pitcher. But even if he is just a first baseman, he doesn't really have the power to stick there. I don't understand what he's going to do.
1: I know I mentioned he would be a possible two-way guy. I know the Cardinals are probably going to give him a shot. I don't really actually see it happening, just due to the fact he doesn't have really plus stuff anywhere across the board. Like you said, more of that just finesse his way to it. He really does not stand out anywhere maybe the hit tool if anything he's not the best athlete i don't know i don't think the power is going to translate he struggles with lefties a lot picking up balls staying staying back he's really out in front rolls over quite often lacks speed um like you said if he's a first baseman he's going to lack that power and at a power position you're not really probably looking to start him there all the time and he's at best he'll be a platoon player i don't think he's gonna hit lefties too well so this is in my opinion there's a lot a lot to improve here Definitely not the worst player. He's definitely got some stuff to work with, but because I, I, I don't think he'll be a two way guy, definitely gonna probably stick to being uh, just a first baseman outfielder, and that could help him tap into some some of his power. He's not the smallest guy; he's pretty de- pretty good size of him, so he's got he's got a chance. I'm just not the biggest fan of this pick.
2: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. But the hit tool is a plus tool. Um, he's a 371 hitter over the last two seasons. He rarely strikes out, but then he also makes such consistent contact that he rarely walks. So even though he's a 371 hitter since the start of 2019, he's also only got a 408 on base percentage. I don't think the power is going to translate. It didn't really show up on the cape. I think he could tap it a little bit, maybe a 10 to 15 home run guy, just because he finds the barrel so consistently. And if he adds a little bit of loft, it might work. But as a first baseman, I don't think he'll hit enough to start. I agree with you. I think he's more of a platoon guy.
0: Well, so if he's not quite a first baseman, and he's also not quite a pitcher, wouldn't it make sense for them to just push him as a two-way just so he kind of like helps in both roles doesn't have to be a hundred percent in one role
2: yeah it might but i i think there's just not quite enough on the mound for him to do that i mean he's kind of upper 80s with the fastball that's just not going to i mean the out orioles were
0: throwing out steve wilkerson i don't think any i think anyone can pitch if steve wilkerson can pitch <laughs> <laughs> sorry for interrupting you <laughs> We'll see. I hope he turns out the way he could, because that's the lefty-righty matchup. Wynn being the righty, Burleson being the lefty. We could do some of those waxahachi swaps. I like the look of this in the future, if he can pan out. But let's move on to the next pick. The Cardinals stay in college, and they grab Levi Prater. He's out of Oklahoma. He was actually behind Cavalli and Acker in that rotation, but he still had lights-out numbers. Maybe the stuff isn't there. He he sits like ninety two. Honestly, he looks like he's best against lefties. That's a loogie role, but that role is dying with with these new rules. What does he have in the future for the Cardinals?
3: I really really like this pick. Like you mentioned, he outperformed Cavale this season. I know it was a shortened season, but I mean just statistically, he was dominant. He's got great perseverance, great competitiveness. He's a grinder. He works out of jams. He actually lost two fingers on his non-throwing hand when he was young in a lawnmower accident. So it just shows you, like, he's a hard worker. He he got past that, and he just shown the ability to to make it through anything. His fastball sits low 90s, tops around 93, produces pretty good arm side run. The slider sits around 80. Uh, he gets a lot of swing and miss with that, actually, due to, like you said, against lefties, he likes to stand on that first base side of the rubber, and he kind of runs it away from the lefties. The changeup... Sits around eighty with pretty good fade, so there's there is some to like. Like you said, the stuff probably not as good as Cavale or others, but he just gets it done. Like while not being the most flashy, he produces, he perseveres, he gets out of jams, and so I do like this pick a lot and like what he has to offer. So I,
0: I do like that pick. Let's move on though to the fourth round. The Cardinals draft Ian Bedell, a pitcher out of Missouri. Again, not lights out stuff, but he actually pounds the strike zone with a, a pretty good array of pitches that can sink, run, break, and and it seems to have pretty good command putting his pitches right where he wants. It seems like a steal in the fourth. I mean, these pitchers aren't sexy, but they can play.
2: Bedell actually did sign over slide. He signed for a larger bonus than either Burleson or Prater did. So he he signed for $800,000. But yeah, I think you're right about Bedell. He's a really interesting arm. Um, He grew up a Cardinals fan. He's uh from uh, Davenport, Iowa, about four hours north of St. Louis, headed to Missouri. So, you know, he's a, he's a Cardinal. He's all he's already ready to be a Cardinal. He's, he's a 6'2 righty who kind of sits in the low 90s with this fastball. He's kind of running up towards the mid-90s on the Cape. This spring, he was more closer to the kind of 90 flat. Didn't come out throwing super hard this spring, and that felt, caused him to fall just a little bit. But he's got a good curve, not a plus curve, but you know, a good tight a good tight one. A changeup, he's adding a slider, and everything kind of plays up because he's got above average command, but on top of the command, he really attacks hitters, and he really works to control the zone. And especially since his really dominant run through the Cape Cod League, he's controlled the zone really, really well. It's not the hugest ceiling in the world, because he's even though he's 6'2, he's kind of like not quite as skinny as Tink but he's, you know, kind of that skinnier frame, doesn't project to add a ton of weight. So he's probably more of a you know number three starter at best, number more of a number four maybe. Uh, you got to love the way he just kind of throws his four pitches with conviction, hits his spots, and goes right after hitters. And he's performed at a high level uh, since the start of his sophomore year at Missouri, both in Missouri and on the Cape.
1: Yeah, he, he's a nice pitcher. He throws from a fourth, uh, three-quarters arm slot, misses the pitches really well, commands them as well. He's got a ton of pitches, fastball, Two seam, four seam, cutter, change up, curveball. And he's commands. like I said, commends them all pretty well. Fastball has a lot of sync to it, uh, depending kind of if he uses the two seam or the four seam. But the cutter uses it really well over his lefties. Change up has nice fade in the, in the lower 80s. Comes in the same slot as his change up, and it's really nice. It just pairs really well with his all his kind of fastball uh, combinations. And then he's got a curveball. It's high 70s, low 80s. He's got, he's got a chance. But we'll see.
0: So he does seem like he's going to fit in with the Cardinals well there. Let's end the NL Central draft. With the dirt bag out of Long Beach State, home of Troy Tulowitzki, Evan Longoria, Garrett Hampson, just MLB player after MLB player, the Cardinals draft an underslot and LJ Jones the fourth. I know he was an underslot, but he can smoke the ball. Is Jones going to be the next great Major League dirt bag?
2: I certainly think he could. This is kind of my sleeper of this draft class. I'm sorry, sorry to steal him from you, Jake. I know he's one of your Southern California guys, but... He's, I think he's a real big time sleeper because he hit well as a freshman at Long Beach State. Um, but then in like the very beginning of his sophomore year, uh, Jack Leftwich is who's, who's a draft eligible pitcher at Florida who is returning to school. He broke his hand with a pitch and he missed pretty much his entire sophomore season. And he came back as a junior and was off to a hot start. But because he hasn't played a ton and he hasn't been seen a ton, he wasn't on a lot of radars. I think it could be a steal. I mean, this is a guy who's really, really strong, controls the zone really, really well. And this year, he was starting to translate that strength into some game power. I think he's a guy that's going to continue to get better. And I think he's going to get better quickly. I think if he had been seen more, I think he we'd be talking about him in the top 100 picks without being underslot. It's a really, really broad offensive skill set that I think he's just starting to tap into I really like the swing he generates a lot of leverage on top of his strength this is the the sleeper of the draft in my opinion
0: well I think the Cardinals overall had an excellent draft and guys I gotta tell you it's time to breathe we are done with the NL Central and we will push on westward we'll hit the AL West next I know there will be plenty to say about the likes of Emerson Hancock Reed Detmers and company the West is exciting for sure but before we say goodbye to the Central, I forgot to do this last time. As you tell everyone where to find you on social media and say your goodbyes, also tell me your favorite pick from the NL Central draft.
1: Jake? I'll, I'll go with one of the local kids. I had to choose between Jared Jones or Nwogu from, from the coast but I'll go, I'll go with Jared Jones. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Like I said, I wanted to get out and see him this year. He's got electric stuff. He's just fun to watch. Like Everything I see of him is just fun. I caught him last year, which... He was still great, but I wanted to see what he had this year and see all the improvements and all. But, yeah, he's fun to watch. He's definitely one of my guys I'm looking at, one of my favorite prep pitchers of the draft. I'm excited to see how he uh, turns out.
0: And where can people find you on social media? At Jay Tillinghast, J-T-I-L-L-I-N-G-2-7. And then you can follow
1: us
2: at Prospects Worldwide at Prospects World W. Right. Oh, uh, What about you, Zach? Uh, you can find me at ZachMatt4 on Twitter, Z-A-C-K-M-A-T-T-4. There are a bunch of first-round picks that I love in this draft, so I can't—I technically can't pit uh, Nick Gonzalez or Garrett Mitchell. I think uh, Mason Wynn would be the easy one, just because he's the two-way guy, but I really, really love his ability on both sides of the ball. So I'll go with Wynn, not just because he's a two-way guy, but because I think he's a special player on top of that.
0: I'm mad at you because you obviously knew that was mine, and you took that. But let's go ahead and go with Chris. Chris, what do you think? You can take mine as well.
3: Yeah, it was definitely Mason (laughs) Wynn. So, took mine also. Uh, My Homer pick will be Carmen Majitsky, though, from my Gamecock fandom. (laughs) So, love that pick. You can also find me on Twitter at Roto Clegg, C L E G G.
0: And as always, I'm John Giles. You can find me on Twitter at Pumarevive. That's P U M A R E V I B E D. My guy in this draft was Mason Wynn, the Texan Otani himself, but I will move it over to Jack Hartman because apparently I'm the one doing his laundry. Uh, So I'll be following Jack Hartman's career very intently. But guys, that's everything. The NL Central is in the books and that'll do it. Make sure to go to prospectsworldwide.com for all of our scouting reports and articles. Top 30 lists will be coming out little by little. So stay tuned for those. And as always, make sure to give us that five-star review. You've listened to us long enough now where family and families give fives. So until next time, I'm John Giles and this is Prospects Worldwide.